And it's another time where we come back together, Jace. Well, woof, woof. Woof, woof. It's a bit of a treacherous time for us Bulldog supporters. It's a bit of ups and downs and lefts and rights and a little bit of speculation here and there um, with a couple of directions of some of the players going. But but welcome, Jason. I haven't, haven't had a chat with you for a little while, but uh, we're here again, all ready to talk about what's happening down uh, south at the moment. Uh, well, um, welcome, welcome uh, again to an, another edition. Um, we've uh, got a, some lurgies and some COVIDs down here. So uh, Mrs. Uh, uh, Hanger um, is down with, with COVID. So we're bunkered down in the house and um, I'm still managing to pick up the odd uh, cold and flu as well. So it's been a, a tough couple of weeks in the household and it's been a mixed record for the doggies over the last uh, month or so as well as we head into the, the real business end of the season as well. So um, we've got a bit of ground to cover since we last met. Um, some real highlight games, but some a uh, couple of disappointing efforts uh, where the doggies just have failed to put in four-quarter efforts, which have really cost them dearly. We're on a knife's edge in relation to uh, a finals appearance, and we've really got to battle uh, through another um, couple of um, tricky games coming up, particularly this weekend. Um, and then we'll see if we can get some, some September action by the end of the year, Nick. Yeah, absolutely. It's it ha- like you said, Jace. It's been a bit of a bit of an ups and down, um, and form has come and gone. We've seen some sparks of of um, full quarter efforts, which is what we've been chasing for um, over the last month. Uh, but at the same time, we've also had um, some games where uh, we haven't really quite um, kept the game running. Um, uh, I'm thinking back to the Sydney game as well as last week's game against um, against Geelong. Geelong yeah. yeah, where we um, sort of started well um, and uh, didn't quite uh, keep the, the momentum going. Yeah, similar story, I suppose, Nick, with missing, yeah. going missing in one quarter and um, um, the uh, very strong top six um, opposition, in this case, um, Geelong on top of the ladder and, and Sydney potentially a top four team, um, just giving us a real lesson over four quarter efforts and um, that one quarter, the first quarter in the case of Sydney and the third quarter in the case of Geelong really costing us dearly on the day. Yeah, absolutely it was. Um, so what, what's been what's been your... Uh sort of stand out, I guess, over the last month or so. Like, we've, we've had some returns of, of some players. Bruce has come back into the side, um, and he's still finding his feet post that um, ACL injury from last year. Um, that's sort of one that I think a lot of supporters have been talking about. But um, what, what, what's been your highlight from the last um, last month or so, Jase? Um, yeah, I, I think it's... It... It's a good place to start with Bruce returning. So um, he's back in the team. He had a very good run of games in the reserves to um, get his um, leg right. Um, let, let, let's say he hasn't set the world on fire in relation to his performance in the games, but he's taken away a, a tall defender away from um, that forward line. Um, so we have, we have Norton, we have Ugal Hagen, and we have Bruce now, which actually means that um, Norton and Uga Hagen are freed up a little bit. Um, Bruce is also putting in a lot of effort. If you have, have a look at his stats, he's, he's running a lot. Um, he's doing his patterns. He's um, breaking into the packs and getting the ball to the ground. He's done some good assists. Um, so though he hasn't hit the, the scoreboard himself, and I was extremely disappointed in his miss against Geelong in the last game, uh, where he was only like 30 out in front, um, but he's, he's, he's trying, he's putting in effort. And I think for the balance of the doggies forward line, um, he's crucial um, and he's doing enough um, to stay in the mix um, and to help his fellow forwards. Um, and I suppose that points to the real highlight in the last four weeks was the breakout performance of Hugo Hagen uh, against Melbourne. And it was sort of warming up against St Kilda and other games. 
um, but the performance against Melbourne um, set set the footy media on fire. Um, his uh, 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 kick from 50 in the dying seconds to ice the game against um, top 14 Melbourne uh, was really inspirational and exciting. Um, he's starting to um, put himself in the right spots with his leads and patterns. Um, he's also putting a bit more uh, forward defence when the ball hits the ground. Um, and he's starting to be not only become a good mark and the, one of the best kicks you've ever seen, uh, but a real crummer uh, around the fall of the ball and getting into the right spots to get a sneaky little goal on the, on the occasion as well. Absolutely. And I think he's, he's learnt a lot um, over the last probably five or six weeks being in that forward uh, setup with uh, with Norton where he's he's seen sort of the second, third efforts that, that, that Aaron does, you know, consistently. Um, and that I think that sort of tenacity and that you know, constant drive to get the ball, um, I think you're seeing sort of that, that sort of, you know, great skill coming through for him. Um, and I think... It is starting to get um, teams that we're playing up against really now stretching who's going to be getting the number one defender um, in that forward line, if it is going to be Norton, if it is going to be Eugle Hagen. Um, and now the fact that we've got um, Bruce now as a, as a as another option um, to really you know, hit the packs hard and, and, um, and, and to, to be a poss- you know, potential option, um, that's, that's something that I think that we're going quite well. I am hoping that um, that sort of Bruce gets his kicking legs. Um, um, this might be the, the game this, uh, this week against uh, Fremantle. Um, I think that will help his confidence um, and just the excitement. I think that's what I you know, missed in that forward line, um, the big grin from from Josh Bruce uh, jumping up and, re- up and down. And, um, and the big the big uh, calls from the crowd, Bruce. Yes, as he runs in, absolutely. Um, I have noticed that he is trying the, uh, the the pink scrunchie. He's been doing that for the last couple of weeks. So that's the that's that goal kick and scrunchie that we we know really well from last season. So he's trying to get that that scrunchie mojo happening again for him, Jace, so that he can get the get those bags of goals that we were getting from him last year. I think it's 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 something that we sort of forget that you know he was leading our goal kicking um, last year before that injury. So he is you know quite a, a, a great target for us to sort of go with and when he does get his kicking boots on they they're magnificent to watch yeah that's right another standout i'd probably want to make a mention of is ed richards ed richards is really um performing uh, better and better as the the year um goes on um he brings to the game um a lot of pace and a lot of dash um and he is finding ways to win the ball consistently and, and have a real impact um great disposal of the ball getting the ball to his teammates further upfield um, with 50 rebounds, so Ed Richards has been a, another real highlight for me. And in terms of those teams that have have an impact in the final series, you need some pace around the ground. And he and Bailey Smith, I suppose, come to mind as two of our key uh, faster uh, players. Uh, but Ed Richards is really having a, a great season and should be lauded for his work to date. Um, also worth noting, Riley West and Riley Garcia also putting yep. in some really good efforts. Um, West is showing um, uh, a level of tenacity that you need to cement a spot in the team. Um, his efforts around the ball, his contested mark, um, his tackling, his defensive efforts, um, his um, smarts around the goals is uh, something to behold. Um, Riley's also got a bit of pace, and we remember that amazing um, goal to put us in front against Melbourne, uh, running into the forward 50. Um, so showing some real dash and some real smarts um, can be a little bit uh, wayward under pressure um, in relation to his disposal, but um, he's someone who's coming along very well and um, deserves 
more opportunities in the team to develop into a stronger player over time. Yeah, that that's true, Jace. Um, it, there was a bit of um, backlash with West um, in previous seasons, just his um, I guess lack of um, discipline um, going into contests, uh, which was you know quite um, I guess giving away a fair few frees that were just sort of you know high contacts and and just a little bit too um, rough for the the umpires. Um, but his that composure I think has started to come through, and he's bit his finesse. Going into them, getting the ball is a bit better, and his um his sort of I guess, skill getting it out has um, really come through. Um, how how do you think how um uh, Tom Libertore has been going for the last month or so? Jace? he's he's well, he's the spiritual backbone of the of the team, isn't he? Um, and when um it comes to someone needing to stand up, um, you'll always find him or Lebont um putting their hand up for for that role. Um, I think, um, you know, there's been a number of good tussles against other good opposition in relation to battles in the centre. And in the in the thick of that, Tom Liberatore is always in the mix. Uh, but he's played um, some excellent games and has been best on ground in a couple of games um, this year. Um, and when, when we need someone to stand up, he's your man. Yeah, he is absolutely, and that's um that well, that's why I sort of have that feeling for, with for him um this season that he it, it, I think he'll be taking the, the Charles Sutton medal um home um I think he's just been for me um the the consistent player um, Mr Consistency well, isn't he very, very consistent um and just doing the role that he does and he does it really well um and standing out I think each week um I think you rarely see him out of the the Bulldogs best players um, yeah what about what about the return of Bailey Smith. How has that been for the doggies' balance? It's, uh, it's. I think that that run. I think that's what we sort of missed. Um, I don't think he, he wasn't in the, uh, the the Sydney game, so we really did miss that sort of run um, on the on the outside um, of the of the of the centre um, and that sort of pack and movement that um, that he sort of is part of. That that um, flow outside dash. Yeah, that flowing you know bit of hair as he sort of dashes out with the ball. We have been a bit prior to him, with him being out for that um, that that four weeks. Um, we did really notice that that lack of um, outside movement, and I think with with Bailey coming back in, it has sort of got you know a bit of pay, extra pace back into that midfield, um, which is and I think even the manoeuvring of players around um, um, has allowed. Um, so it's got a bit more settledness coming back into the side with Bailey coming in, playing on that wing position and, and sometimes into the midfield. Um, I have enjoyed uh, the the Bailey Williams. And let's keep talking about the Baileys. The Bailey Williams on the on the wing for the last couple of weeks or so. Um, I think it's just been a, a, a different way to sort of see him. Like I think we have seen him much, uh, yeah, pretty much as a halfback flanker. Um, and a, a hard body, and it was great to sort of see his skills coming through. And I've sometimes have been a bit of a, a, a I guess, a, a Debbie Downer when it came to Bailey um, with his sort of execution. But I've, I have noticed that his, I guess, his role um, has allowed him to sort of be just show a bit more, um, you know, I guess, better decision making and and bring the ball sort of more forward in, in more into the forward line as opposed to rebounding out of the back line, which is what he has the role he has had. Um, in pre, you know, previous earlier in the season, I guess. Um, yeah, so that he's he's been another highlight for me during this time as well, James. And Adam Trelaw um, keeps on keeping on. Um, a few injuries has meant he's been in and out of the team over a couple of weeks, but um, when he's in the team and he um, puts in um, every game 100% effort, um, a lot of class, a lot of poise, 
very dangerous around uh, the forward line. Um, and um, he's um, a key cornerstone for the team in terms of any drive that we get through the middle into the forward line um, with his class and his, his elite kicking. Um, he's someone who we rely on for, um, you know, those connections across the ground to get balls closer to goal. Um, also, we've had, um, um, you know, our, our, our great follower, uh, McRae, um, who's missed a consistency as much as Tom Libertori, uh, but he's had a, a couple of quarters where he's been um, out of out of the picture or held or tagged, mm-hmm. um, but he still finds a way to come back and have an influence on the game, even if he has, uh, to his standards, a, a quiet quarter, um, still, um, um, you know, uh, that hard ball around the contest um, and someone who's um, really um, um, the essential part of that Rolls-Royce um, centre. Um, the Bont um, has had um, a better... Um, second half of the season, um, starting to get um, a little bit freer in his movement. Seems the whatever injuries he's been carrying have improved over time. Um, he's always someone who gets a lot of attention from opposition um, centres, um, often a focus of um, one or two players for tagging. Uh, but the Bont showed some real flair and um, some real class at times, uh, both in his you know his usual um, um, fifty metre goals from outside range. Um, but also his sneaky little uh, soccer goals or um, his class to manoeuvre through uh, a packed midfield to find space and to get the ball for an assist um, to someone running through, like a Bailey Dale, for example, or a Tim English to get the ball deep into the forward line. So um, in terms of watching the bond, he's had um, a very uh, good season this year as well. Um, perhaps not to the height of last year, but um, I think he may be carrying some injuries. Nick, do you think that's the case with him this year? Shoulder yeah. or legs? Yeah, I think so. I think, I, I, my thoughts go back to uh, the round one game against Melbourne where he sort of you know, got a bit of a whack, I think, either on the hip or or um, on the shoulder, I think it was, and he, he sort of was a bit bit proppy afterwards. Um, and I think from there, I think that's been his sort of, um, you know, sort of his issues um, with his, I guess, the pace and that, um, sort of extra bit of manoeuvrability, which we know he can sort of you know wiggle around and dance around players. I think that's. I think at the end of this season we'll be here and he'll be you know the day after um, the grand you know, the, the finals finish up for us or wherever we finish up, um, he'll be off to the the doctors to sort of do some type of scraping or reco or something or other. I think there's something there that we um, we we know that he's been carrying, but we'll find out what that is. His um, we we like I said, you have we have seen some flair from him over the last couple of weeks, um, which is sort of must be that comfort coming through with, with the the injuries not being as as taxing on his body. Um, but yeah, I think that's something that we'll hear pretty much straight away as soon as the season's over that he's um off to get something sort of fixed up on him. Um, um another one who's been sort of standing out for me, Jace, is uh, Timmy English um, in that ruck sort of role. Yes, he's had a, a couple of um sort of big games, um, the one against Melbourne in particular, um, his, yep. his role um, against Max Gorn and uh, Luke Jackson uh, was um, stood out quite well for me, his positioning in the, in the game and, and um, I guess his ability to um, sort of take on, you know, basically the, the number one ruckman in Max Gorn yep. last season um, and really show uh, that he can, you know, bump around with the best of them. Strength, yeah. yeah. He's displaying an um, increased level of strength every year um, as he um, builds up um, his, his body. Um, and you're right, that second half against Melbourne uh, was uh, a leading um, 
part of the of uh, the doggies getting back into the into the game, both in terms of his physical work around throw-ins and the ball ups, but also his work around the ground to to act as that um, that extra mid um, to to get the ball moving for clearances, uh, but also as a, a marking and goal kicking option. Uh, we remember his time as a um, a forward as a junior, and and every every now and then he gets the opportunity to display um, some really good goal kicking smarts. Um, from distance, um, a really um, clean, direct kit, kick. Um, mm. And certainly um, he is now in the mix as, you know, one of the uh, the best uh, ruckmen in the league. Um, it's not, it's um, a really high level um, in terms of Max Gorns and some other um, key ruckmen in the competition, but um, he'd be in uh, the top five at, uh, at least. Yeah, I think so as well. So uh, I guess now we sort of look at, um, I guess, where to next for the Dogs, Jase. We've got we've got a couple more games to finish off the season, some elimination finals each week, so we're basically we'll be looking at them as. Um, and I think we'll probably go a bit more depth. Um, where do you think it's, where do you think we're going to be um, placing um, going into, um, I guess, today's game? We're, we're recording this on Saturday um, against Fremantle, I guess, and where we'll go in the next two weeks against GWS and and um and um Hawthorne down at um down in Tasmania, Jace. Yeah, you're right to say it feels like an elimination final each week and the doggies have put themselves into a bit of a, a tight spot um, to try to win that at eighth position. Um a win this weekend from Fremantle would go a long way to um the doggies um earning that right for a finals berth. Um not to say that GWS and um Hawthorne may not have some influence on the final eight uh, because uh, on their day, they're good teams and we know the kind of bogey team that Hawthorne can be uh, down in Tasmania. Um, we do have um, some real um, um, hope to, to be part of the, the finals mix at the end of the year and it'd be um, good after appearing in a grand final to break that hoodoo of being in the finals the year later there when spoken about at the beginning of the year. Um, the doggies are starting to put together um, some good football and with the return from significant injuries of some of our key players um, since the beginning of the year, we're starting to see a bit more cohesion and some higher class players across our lines and that's leading to better performances across four quarters. Um, at times the doggies if in some quarters are as, as good as the best team um, but have been a little bit inconsistent with um, some of their efforts over four quarters as we've seen against uh, particularly recent games against Sydney and, and Geelong. Um, but if they can put four-quarter efforts, they'll go a long way to um, um, putting themselves in front of it on the weekend against Frio. Um, and then, um, you know, GWS and um, Hawthorne are winnable games. Um, not to say that you can take them lightly, but certainly if we can get over Fremantle, um, we're in a good position to take a couple more games and, and sneak into the eight for a, a finals campaign. Um, there's a big there's a big in this week, Nick, which we um, um, and a lot of other Bulldog supporters are really pleased about. Um, uh, the boy, the boy Mountain, um, yes, joins the team this week. Um, how do you think he'll go um, against some real um, tall forward, forward, uh, um, um, forward options for Freo this week? It'll be quite interesting. He, he is he's a, basically a, a bean pole. He's very thin. Uh, we're talking about Sam here, um, but I'm hoping that his um, skills that we've seen um, over the last couple over the season since he came back from that I think it was an ankle injury. I think he had Jason early in the year. Um, that he has, you know, it's a great presence around the ground. It'd be great, interesting to see how he's used um, as a relief ruckman as well. We, we, we know that's going to be part of his role going into the future. So it'd be interesting to see how he goes up against, um, I think it's, it's 
there's another Darcy over at Fremantle, isn't there? I think as well. Yeah. So um be interesting to see how he goes up against um the other Darcy over there um in in the game today um interesting enough well we'll probably talk about it more they it, it's it's that retro round and the robo dog is out um uh, and so it's a bit of a an interesting sort of situation where he's basically going to be looking a bit like his old man um in the game uh, but just a little bit thinner um i hope he has a good couple of weeks we, we did talk about him you know possibly getting a run later in the season his his i guess his efforts um, over the last month or so is you know put him in the place where he could possibly go up and now we're going to be seeing how he goes and um, hopefully it goes quite well for him um, in that halfback role um, learning the craft of a forward I think because it's a bit different from the forwards of uh, juniors versus the forwards of the of the um, for the senior players um, they play much different um, and they're a bit more physical and you don't have to be um you have to be up be playing the game much better so i'm hoping the next couple of weeks so he'll learn in that role of that halfback position um and learn how to play against you know some of the best players over the next couple of weeks um yeah yeah we saw something similar with Eagle hagen when he came into the team and and had that shock of moving from um, the reses up into the seniors against bigger bodies um, a lot more intensity in terms of the pace of the game um, and being able to learn your craft and to learn how to be competitive against big, big, bigger-bodied opponents as a young up-and-coming uh, player, I think is the lessons that Sam Darcy will learn over the next few weeks. He's got a, a big assignment this week. I think Rory Lobb is, might be his opponent this week, also in the mix in terms of uh, draft rumours to come to the Doggies um, next year as well. But um, it should be... You know, in terms of you know all the you know the the big players that you're going to have to match yourself up against, um, that's a good start to your uh, AFL career, don't you think? Yeah, I think so, absolutely. And I think it'd be a great little taster for him. Um, and if you can get a couple of games this season before finishing off, just to sort of and then hit the weights. We always like to see our tall players sort of put a bit of uh, bit of bulk on. It took you know many seasons for. Um, for Timmy English to put a bit more, and I think he's only put on about you know two and a half kilos over the journey. But um, but it's that you know, extra bit of body, um, so that you know further down the track, that's where they've got that foundation of that strong presence on the ground and and not to be thrown around, um, which can sort of happen with the younger, um, thinner tools, which we, we've seen in the past where they're just sort of a little bit outmaneuvered at times, ragged old at times. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Absolutely. I I would just I just wonder also, Jace, if if the team's going. If, you know, quite well today if, if they're going to sort of flick him to the forward line to give him that little first game, first goal sort of feeling. Um, I mean, I wonder if that might end up happening. So I'll just keep an eye out for that one, I think. Well, we've seen uh, weirder things happen this year with Alex Keith um, kicking a couple. So um, it's not out of the bounds of possibility. And he is a player who, in his um, junior career, and the Resis has moved all across the ground in different yeah. positions. So... He is certainly an option, and we do know that our uh, coach Bevo likes to move the players around and, and to show some utility and uh, across the across the line. So yes, um, that would be some something to see, a sight to see, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think so as well. Um, do we want to sort of quickly go over to the AFLW and and sort of talk about a bit of a pre-season preview? Um, uh, yeah, we do. Well, there's a couple of practice matches um, commencing in uh, mid-August, starting on uh, the 12th of August, and basically. All of the new teams, um, the 18 teams in this year's competition, have a face-off for a series of practice matches um, coming up. Um, and the Doggies have got their first match, also coincidentally against their first-round opponent, GWS at Whitnoble on Saturday the 13th of August. 
the uh, season pop-up um, kicks off on the 25th of August, um, soon after, and this is the um, the new time or the new um, time of the year for the G, um, the AFLW competition, um, um, August, um, and then running 10 rounds through to the end of October. So um, a bit different from what we've been used to with our um, summer days and nights watching um, the AFLW team. So um, with expanded competition, new expansion clubs in the mix, it should be uh, an interesting um, experiment to see if it works. Um, 10 rounds, 18 teams, again, means that we don't have all teams playing each other once. Um, so you're certainly um, seeded or you get a, a selection of teams to play uh, from Victorian interstate and expansion teams over your fixture. Um, it's some interesting um, um, side side notes coming through the Doggies website was just that there's a documentary coming out of Disney Plus, of all things. Um, it's a, a documentary about the AFLW um, season last year and one of the four um, teams featured uh, or highlighted in this doco will be the Doggies and that will premiere on the 24th of August on Disney Plus for our listeners. Uh, but certainly we're looking for um, the Doggies to put in a good performance this year and hopefully to push um, for a finals appearance. Um, Nick, who are the, the season players who we'll rely on this year to, to get us into the mix for finals appearances this year? Well, we've got um, we've got our captain, Ellie, uh, Ellie Blackburn, um, leading the team again. Um, we saw the great photos of the last week or so with all the... Um, captains of the AFL and AFLW coming together um, on the MCG, which is sort of a great scene, seeing, you know, the, the, I guess, the, the coverage of, um, of AFL in, 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 in the competition where it is right now. Um, at least Ali Brown, uh, the other Ali, um, is uh, another going to be another highlight in that halfback role that she's been playing quite well, the fullback role, and that centrepiece to getting the ball back forward. Um, Ali Bennett has had, you know, had a great season last year, um, I'm also thinking um, Celine Moody, um, Bailey Hunt, uh, Fitzy, your little buddy Fitzy, Jessica Fitzgerald, she'll be coming up again. Uh, Christy Lamb, um, sorry, Christy Lamb, who uh, had a great season last year and that sort of going out of that in, into the midfield and going forward. And, uh, and, and Rocky, Rocky Cranston uh, will be leading the way as well in that um, sort of that strong bodied situation um, got moving into the forward line. Um, yeah improvements jason where are we going to be seeing them from do you think well we've had a bit of a youth policy over the last number of years and we've started to see some of that that payoff in terms of players coming through so um isabel grant isabel pritchard sarah hartwig nell morris dalton alice edmonds and elizabeth georgia stasis uh some of those up-and-coming players who've had um, a number of games under their belt now and will be looking to cement um, their places um, part of the, the key lines in the AFLW lineup. Um, also, there's there are some gaps coming through, as we know, mm. this year because we'll be missing some of our um, uh, st- former star forwards, uh, Brooke uh, Lachlan, Bonnie Toogood. Um, uh, both of them going to, um, um, in the case of Brooke, Sydney, and Bonnie to Essendon. And we also lose um, Elsie Gamble as well to Essendon. So we're missing, um, through the expansion of the league, a number of key players. We did, um, in previous um, episodes, talk about some of the recruits that are coming through this year. So we looked at them and start developing their craft, uh, the Doggies, and hopefully a number of those will get a chance to um, play some some games or some quarters with the Doggies, particularly in this uh, first practice match. So uh, it's Daisy Bateman, Heidi Woodley, Millie Brown, Keely Coyne, Brooke Vernon, and Riley Wilcox. 
Um, so all those um, first-year recruits will battle it out for a bit of game time in this first year down in subsequent weeks. Yep. Um, it's also um, worth noting um, the other big loss, I suppose, was our former number one draft pick, Isabel Huntington. Um, and um, she may be in the mix um, for um, to wear her new team's colours, GWS, in our first head out or in the first uh, week of, of the fixtures. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how uh, GWS goes with um, Isabel in their mix. We know what a class player she is and we know what a um, forward threat um, she is in terms of um, um, centre-half forward or full forward role. And, you know, occasionally a swing player in the back line. So I'd be interested mm-hmm. to see if, she, if we can watch her in the first practice match in first round. Um, just in terms of the fixture, um, we um, we play um, six Victorian clubs, two expansion clubs. That's Port Adelaide and Hawthorne. And we also play four interstate clubs um, this year in the 10 rounds that we have. Uh, we don't play Adelaide. We don't play Brisbane, Collingwood, Essendon, Gold Coast, Richmond, or Sydney in the normal 10-round uh, season. So just the nature of 18 teams into 10 means that we don't play everybody. Uh, but we will play three finalists from the previous final series. So um, it's not necessarily uh, an easy fixture, but um, to to get into the finals, Mixer Doggies are going to have to um, show some of that really um, excellent play they showed at times, particularly the latter end of the season, um, to get ourselves into a winning position to see some finals actions so again, that um, that all kicks off in mid-August um, with practice matches, and the season will run ten rounds until the end of October. Um, also, noting Nick that we're um, the women's team is moving out to uh, Icon Park, Princess yep. Park, um, as their temporary home as the um, redevelopment um, gathers pace at at the Witten Oval. So um, encourage uh, everyone to make the trek trek out to. Uh, the Princess Park. Um, it's it's like uh, the old days, Nick, when uh, the men's team had a bit of time there. If you recall, mm. um, what, was, what 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 era was that, Nick? Uh, uh, that, they... It is the uh, the Robo era that we're going to be talking about. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that that is it is pretty interesting how um how they're going to at least be having at least one season uh, playing out at, at Princess Park um, because of the, the redevelopments. I would I did have that little hope that uh, we might be going down to Skinner Reserve down in Braybrook. Um, for our games, I thought that would have been a great little sort of setup there, but I don't think they're probably <clears throat> the ground might be good enough for AFL training, but might not be good enough for looking after AFL teams coming down. So, um, so yeah, it's it's been interesting that we're we're back to Icon um, for our games. It, it is the place where we did win the the grand final, you know, a couple of seasons ago. So um, we we can sort of have a bit of a go with that when we get down there um it should be um like i said it should be interesting to see how we go up against uh, gws in that in that bracket game um, i'm hoping that so those new recruits that we talked about will have a bit of a run um we're good to see what what they're we're going uh, going to be getting up to um and hopefully we'll be able to have a bit of a chat about them um in the next potty um post uh pre you know, post pre-season match um so speaking of the Robo Dog Jace, it's um, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's there's been a bit of uh, bit of promoing happening uh, over the last couple of weeks. Um, it's back. The Robo Dog's back, Jace. Um, it is Nick, and I, and I had a sneaky peek that it was back because I, I saw uh, I saw a certain podcaster um, had um, um, put in uh, uh, a request for some merchandise and ended up with a new Robo. Uh, Robo Dog uh, jumper, is that right, Nick? Yeah, oh, yeah, yep. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't help myself, Jace. I, I like a bit of uh, Guernsey accent action, and um, that's what I've um, picked up. Um, and it's um, great little, great little thing. Not no, no spruiking, no, no, no um, membership, no um, sponsorship coming through here. But there's that that saying, Jace. 
the one that we heard after the game, which um, which the the backman, the the uh, the quint the quartets of um, uh, who was who was down the back at that time. We had Alice, we had Crediok, we had Danny Southern, uh, and Matty Dent when they went and said hello to Ryan Gardner in that fateful game, James. In yes, what, the, what, what, the, what they say to him again, Nick? Welcome to the kennel. And that's what they gave. They gave him a great welcome. And that's what it was. It was um, a pretty special game, that uh, that last game at the Witten Oval. Um, and we do we did have a bit of a, an in-depth conversation about that last season. Uh, was one of our focused games that we looked at. Um, and I might end up putting that back up as a bit of a short bite for our listeners so they can revisit all the interesting sort of stories that we, we found out about that. But it is um, it is retro round. It's um, We have got the... Um, Robo Dog back in action. Um, Port Adelaide's gone. It's not Port Adelaide. Sorry, Fremantle's gone and got their little, you know, gigantic anchor that they were running around in the early. Yes. Um, so we've got their colours all out again. The the, the tri colours that they had at that time. Um, but it's it is going to be quite interesting. So what well, I guess, Jace, um, we, we had a bit of a think about now how we're going to sort of acknowledge um, retro round Robo round. We, we might want to be calling it for the Bulldog supporters. And we thought let's have let's have a think about you know our um our standout sort of I guess uh, warriors of the of the Witten Oval. Um, so what where who's your first cab off the rank, Jace? Who are you going to be sort of nominating as a Robo Warrior? Um, well, it's an interesting um, challenge um, because you, you've mentioned some of the real strong strong men of the men's team over over history, and particularly you know that period of the the eighties and nineties where we had really tough teams. And some really tough players, um, but I think you know if we're talking about what what's what is a, a football warrior versus a strong man, um, it's something a little bit different. Um, I think in terms of what the criteria is, it's you know someone who's fearless and courageous um, against all odds. I think it's someone who's a bit of a leader, whether it's an officially or unofficial leader on the ground. Um, someone who needs to be highly skilled and tough. Um, someone who you know is is recognised and awarded for all that skill and that level of performance, um, and then somebody who um, has um, a degree of long, longevity as well. So I think um, you're not a warrior if, if you fall down the first hurdle, um, no matter how much you throw yourself into bravely into the fray. Um, and if you have a look at, at the doggies' um, um, history, um, we go back way back in terms of um, um, uh, the history of the of the of the game and the history of the the football club into you know the 1890s and 1900s uh, but I suppose you know it's a real challenge who would you who would you pick who would you um, who would you identify um, you know there are some real obvious choices but I think for me the first person that I would really put in the mix is probably Dougie Hawkins um, I think it's an interesting era to, to try to find a bit of a a warrior uh, for for the doggies, but Dougie um, is just someone who comes across as some Achilles-like uh, um, um, warrior who has just these amazing um, supernatural um, um, skills and and ball sense. Um, someone who um, had a very long and decorated career, um, one of the most loved uh, footballers uh, to grace the Witten Oval, um, who owned the wing to the extent that the wing was named after him. Um, 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 with uh, the end of his career, um, someone who, um, if you remember Nick, when it came to finals campaigns, um, was somebody who would would be the best player on the ground um, during those games and would put 100% effort. So, if you're talking about what does a warrior do when times are toughest, when you need someone to really step up at the at the in the, the highest um, pressure games, 
um, he's your man. Um, and I think um, I'd probably put Doug Hawkins. There's probably some interesting um, players who you'd also look at in that same era. Um, and I think, you know, um, Stephen McPherson and um, um, Atkins come to mind as um, real um, football warriors as well for that sort of mid, mid-80s, late-80s um, era as well, sort of really tough tough nuts around the ball, um, putting 100% all the time, putting their, their body on the line frequently. Uh, but you can't go past Dougie Hawkins for, um, you know, one of the you know top five uh, football warriors at uh, at the, the Footscray Football Club, Western Bulldogs Football Club. Um, Nick, any thoughts in terms of who you'd put a nomination up to? Look, I've, I've, like, I've always um, had a close eye on the backman, that, that sort of that sort of defensive role. I, it's, I've always been drawn to that. And for me, sort of one player that's really stood out um, during the 90s, which was my sort of time going down to the Witten Oval, that, you know, that's my teenage years and all that stuff, was um, was Stephen Crediok. Um, now, Critz, he had lots of uh, hamstring issues. He was basically in the side and then out and, and well, you know, on, in, on end for uh, most of the, the early time of his season. It was, you know, there was always a, a moment where you'd see him play maybe half, half a game of football, but then he was off afterwards. But when he did play in that defensive role, um, he was, uh, you know, just a... Um, just stick onto his player like glue. Um, I remember there was one time where we had um, Gary Ablett Senior playing down on the Witten Oval and um, he was playing on Gary Ablett and was just nullifying him, just not giving him an inch um, and he just had no sort of impact on the game. But then, you know, his his hamstring sort of went um, and then that's when Gary came in. Um, But what post you know sort of all those niggling injuries for these hamstrings and, and things like that his role during the um during the the, the late 90s um finals campaigns um in that sort of halfback sort of role um and his sort of continued tenacity during that during that time really for me he stood out as one of those great players um i also think of um other backmen uh, Matty Croft um uh, Mildura boy um, as another sort of standout player um, during that time, again, just always going hard after the ball, always pushing you know himself and getting to those positions, playing the big plays of that time. You know, your Tony Lockett's, your um, uh, your um, oh, yeah, I think a little bit of Jason Dunstall he might have played a little bit on as well during those times. And for me, he's his role um, in that sort of backman um, sort of position always, you know. Get the ball's being kicked at you all the time and you've got to get in the, in the right spot to get, make sure your opposition doesn't get into that spot for goals um, was another player that really stood out for me. Um, and I guess one last one I might sneak in, Jace, um, is uh, Nigel Kellett. Uh, Nigel Kellett was, was one from the 90s as well and a little bit of the late 80s, um, played for the Dogs. Um, and he was a, a, a basically a midfield player, again, moving occasionally to either ends as well. But his role, um, again, those in and under, that that constant sort of pushing to get the ball out and getting it around, um, a bit of, bit of skill on his foot as well um, to sort of move it on. He was another player that sort of always popped in my head and one that I always would watch to see, um, I guess, how he was sort of doing the roles that he was asked to do um, during his time with the Bulldogs. Um, that's that's what, sort of where I'm going with Jace. Um, yeah, yeah. I might I might uh, raise your sentimental uh, teenage years and uh, uh, childhood <laughs> years with uh, uh, Gary Dempsey. Um, so um, my early days going down to 
the Western Oval, the Witten Oval, was to watch um, those great teams of the, the late 70s um, and um, did glimpse um, some of the great games of Gary Dempsey, you know, classic high-leaping ruckman, uh, best and fairest for the Footscray Football Club um, over six years, captain uh, for two periods, Brownlee medalist, All-Australian, um, but also known for his courage um, and his match-saving efforts um, and certainly really strong um, uh, marking abilities to intercept marks um, as well. So um, Gary Dempsey um, comes to mind for me and someone who came back from um, a lot of uh, challenges in terms of um, injuries and off-field injuries. Um, so Gary Dempsey certainly comes to me. I think if we're going to go back a little bit to Nick into our um, history um, with the club, you'd probably look at someone like Witten, but I'd probably in that area put Charlie Sutton up as your, your 1950s nomination. Um you know, 173 games, captain 51-56, including the premiership year, uh, best and fairest one year, leading goal kicker one year, all Australian, um, and state selection for Victoria as well, as well as um, later efforts as um, club president, uh, but a real tough, tough and feared player um, on the on the ground, um, whether it be at half back, uh, forward flank or back line or as a rover, um, captain coach. Um, and certainly helped uh, bring the uh, premiership drought to an end in '54 um, with his uh, his role there, uh, but also someone who would, was a protector of his players on the field in a very tough, uncompromising era of physical football and sniping. Um, and um, I think the classic line from um, Charlie Sutton was um, um, "shop and shop early," um, and that meant putting on real physical and body uh, pressure onto those. Um, hard men of the opposition to ensure that they didn't target um, the greatly skilled young players like Teddy Whitten and others in those uh, um, mythical mythical teams of the Doggies 1950s as well. Um, the, the other one I want to mention is perhaps Tony Liberatore. Um, mm-hmm. So um, we've talked a lot about Tom um, in this um, um, episode in terms of his current career, but Tony um, des- deserves a, a bit of a special mention. Um over 283 games, 280 games uh, for the Doggies, um, someone who really had to battle his way up through um, different levels to, to get his chance on the big stage in senior footy through um, the old under-19s, through the reserves, and managed to pick up, um, perhaps I think it's the only man to have done it, um, mm-hmm. the, the the award of, um, of the best player in those leagues for each of those levels, um, and um, someone who was sometimes maligned for his physicality in tagging roles um, when he um, went on from a ball winner to a tagger um, role under uh, Terry Wallace, uh, but someone who, um, you know, Bradley medalist, best and fairest, all Australian, um, and perhaps, you know, one of the um, most courageous uh, players that you'd ever see um, pull on a um, Footscray, uh, Footscray Western Bulldogs Guernsey. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's a good little um, pick up there, Jason. I did really like the, um, the photos coming out of the media department from the dogs this week where you had um, Tony and Tom in, in their footy jumpers. Um, and that was a good little look, I think, in front of the Witten, in front of the, the Witten stand, which um, we we were seeing slightly being pulled down um, as part of the redevelopment. So it was a great, interesting um, sort of, I guess, um, framing of, of that type of image. Um, we have that sort of change that's coming through with Witten Oval and, and I guess the, um, you know, the two generations of the Liberatores um being seen there um i think we was almost near the end jace let's have a quick um chat about uh today's game um against Fremantle. where we're going to go with that 
Um, and it's interesting, like you said, we talked about a couple of ins coming in. Um, we've got um, Adam Trelaw coming back from his injury, Sam Darcy making his debut, um, Lockie O'Neill, uh, Lockie McNeil, sorry, um, back into the side, Alex Keith back in the side after that injury and um, injury and slash omission from last week. Um, going out of the side, we've got uh, Baku Karmas, uh, Rob McComb, uh, Mitch Hannon, and Ryan Gardner going out with the calf. So it's a bit of an interesting sort of setup that we're going to be going with. Um, Sam Darcy's been put into the halfback, centre halfback position. Um, if he pl- ends up playing there, who right knows? Um, but a uh, bit interesting um, sort of coming through. Um, where do you think it's going to be won or lost, Jace, um, going into this week's game? Um, there'll be a real challenge for the doggies to negate the tall timber in the forward line for Freo. Um, so our backmen really have to be on song and play that strong team defence and we'll need something from Darcy during the game to hold um, their forwards to account. Um, and then the, the doggies will need to um, win that contested ball in and around um, the centre and around the ground to maintain dominance. We do have the advantage of playing at Marvel, which suits mm. our fast slingshot game. Um, but certainly the doggies, if they can put in four quarters, can get ahead. Um, there's a, still a question mark about Fremantle in terms of its consistency as a developing team. So the, um, the team um, has a lot of seasoned, seasoned players, but it also has a uh, number of up-and-coming juniors, and they uh, are still struggling to find week-to-week consistency. Um, there's a lot of class in that team, uh, yeah. but if the doggies can put in four quarters and uh, win the ball and um, hold their forwards to account. Um, I think we can, um, in, in a possible shootout, um, get up on the day. Where do you think uh, we uh, can win the game, Nick? Yeah, I, I think saying a shootout, Jace, I think that's probably going to be the, the way the game's going to be played. It's going to be fast-paced, um, lots of ball movement, lots of um, rebound football happening, I think. Um, having... Um, Bailey Smith sort of really finding his his spot since coming back from that um, suspension. Um, I think it's going to be quite um, telling on that wing. Ed Richards, as we've talked about earlier, um, has sort of come in quite well. Um, interestingly, there's um, Jason Johannesson's out of the side because of um, an ankle injury. So um, Lake Vandermeer's uh, been popped up from the emergency. So that's great to see him back. Um, and that sort of tenacity we like from him in that sort of half forward, uh, sort of half forward flank position. Um, Sean Darcy for Fremantle is one that that I'll be sort of watching to see how he goes up against Tim English and uh, whoever else um, goes into that ruck position. Um, Darcy, Sean Darcy has been sort of um, one of those constant um, ruck. Uh, I guess Ruckman over the last couple of seasons and very consistent. Um, seeing how Rory Lobb goes up against um, whoever he sort of gets in that half forward position, um, be it Sam Darcy, be it Bailey Williams, be it Zane Cordy, um, be interested to see how Rory Lobb goes there, especially with all the speculation about um, the dogs being his preferred team for next season. So it'll be very interesting to see how that sort of plays out. Um, Andrew Brayshaw um, in the midfield um, has been sort of play, has had a bit of form um, over the last couple of weeks. Um, so again, seeing how he sort of positions himself against our our midfield team. Um, and I guess that's sort of where I'm sort of thinking um, where the sort of key sort of positions will be um, sort of won and lost, I think, Jace. Yeah, I think this week we also had the announcement of the retirement of one of the one of the legends of uh, uh, the um, Fremantle uh, Football Club, 
I'm wondering if David Mundy's exit from the league will have a bit of an emotional pull for uh, the Fremantle doctors and whether we can um, get a jump on them early as we sometimes do at, at Marvel with visiting teams mm. um, to put that um, that uh, uh, that to bed. Um, as you say, there's some key key matchups, um, and uh, um, hopefully um, our engine room um, can take it up to the likes of uh, Jordan Clark and Andrew Brayshaw to get us um, up and going, um, including their um, Brody and Ash, as a couple of others have shown some real flair and skill. Um, but a real matchup with Sean Darcy versus Tim English. I'm looking forward to that one. Um, and again, uh, all eyes will be on Sam Darcy for um, his first game of senior footy. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, one fifty games for Caleb Daniel this week as well. Um, he's been a great player since we picked him up. Um, I think it was the 2014 draft. I think it was him, 2013, 2014 draft. So he's been a great sort of um, player right through the, I guess, the um, uh, the, the Bevo sort of era. Um, and his role in the club has been quite valuable with his um, sharp kicking and um, very skillful um, play that he, had, he has been over this time in that halfback position, you know, moving into the wing. So um, that's pretty exciting as well for him, 150 games. Um, I think that's that was the siren, Jace. Um, I've got to go get my flags ready because uh, I've got a game down the road. Um, I, I guess hopefully we'll uh, catch up with everyone again um, fairly soon, um, and uh, we, we will be putting up the um, the retro um, last game of the Whitten Oval as a bit of a soundbite for our, our listeners as well. Um, make sure you pop in and sort of see where it is on Spotify and and uh, Apple Podcasts and any other places where you do. Uh, listen to, um, I guess, great podcasts like ours. Hopefully you see it that way as well. Um, great work, Nick. What's that, Jase? Great work, Nick. Uh, yep. Go dog. Woof, woof. Woof, woof. Up and down like this, but they can't.